All right, so um, morning, everybody. This morning, we're reading from Genesis chapter 28, the whole chapter. All right, so um, verse 1. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Betua, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Betua, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Neboeth. Jacob left Bathsheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will, give, and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! There is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place better, but the name of the city was lust at the first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will, keep me, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Okay, so last week we started talking about the blessing of God. We are just considering about this blessing that Jacob was uh, wanting to have. And, and we think about what it means to, to get God's blessing um, in terms of what Jacob was looking for was being someone who has secure future and someone who has significance. And that's what God wanted to give him, but not in the way that Jacob was expecting it would be. It's that... Uh, he, Jacob will only be significant or secure uh, 
when he trusted in God and not in himself. And so today we're looking at this God who is behind the blessing. We're looking at the blessing still, but more focusing on, on this God that is behind the blessings to, to this passage. So let us pray first before we start. Almighty God, we uh, thank you for uh, being our anchor and giving us Christ Jesus uh, to focus on as we come before you. May you teach us your ways. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, we saw how Jacob successfully deceived his father to inherit the blessing of God, and his older brother Esau was furious, and he vowed to kill Jacob. So to save Jacob, their mother, Rebecca, requested Isaac, their father, to send Jacob back to their home country to get a wife, with the excuse of getting a wife. We will notice what Isaac did before sending Jacob away. Isaac blessed Jacob this time for real, knowing that that was Jacob. He said, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you might take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. So do you, were you surprised to see that Isaac actually blessed Jacob? Uh, I, don't, I, I suppose Jacob would not have expected his father would really bless him. He, he would have expected his father to to scold him for, for, the decept, for his deceptive uh, behavior. But he didn't, Bible didn't mention about Isaac doing any such thing. He, 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 he really blessed Jacob. And when Esau saw this, uh, Isaac sending Jacob away with his blessing, so we read that he, he thought Isaac's sudden change of heart was because of his Canaanite wives. It is true that Isaac was upset with Esau's two Canaanite wives. Esau just didn't think much. He just married those two foreign women and caused a lot of trouble for his parents. Uh, however, it was not because of Esau's behavior that Isaac chose to, to bless Jacob eventually. I think Esau did love Jacob. In some way, he, I, I suppose he was just disappointed that Jacob didn't turn out as the man that he, he would like Jacob to be. And also we read in chapter 27, when he knew that uh, uh, he, he made a mistake in giving the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau, we read that Isaac trembled violently. He's, he's trembling. It might mean, seem that, oh, I made a mistake, or I should have given it to, to Esau and not Jacob. But I thought there's more than that. He's trembling violently. It, I think it means that he realized he actually made a mistake in the sense that he had disobeyed God. Um, and that's why he trembled. Uh, that, and, and that's why he knew that blessing is supposed God wanted it to be uh, for Jacob. 
we need to understand that Isaac is a godly man. I mean, he's more godly than us in any way. Because God said, I'm the God of Isaac. So when God said that I'm the God of Isaac, it means that God has already began or have worked in Isaac's heart and make him to be someone who is godly. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't make mistakes, but it means that he's a changed man. At least he's got this humility to, to know that he, make, he did something uh, not according to God's will, and he changed. And, and that's why he, he, he blessed Jacob as he should have done. But then Esau just didn't, didn't know about all these things. He, he just uh, thought, oh, if uh, uh, Isaac would be pleased for uh, Jacob to, to marry uh, someone from the mother's side of family, I would marry someone from my father's side family. So he, he married Ishmael's uh, daughter, his, his cousin, and, and get another wife. Uh, whether that would please uh, Isaac or not, I, I don't know, most likely not. Uh, but that's how uh, Esau thought Isaac was thinking. So like Jacob, he did not understand his father's heart. I mean, Jacob didn't understand either when he left, I suppose. So think about that, do, do you understand your father? I do not understand my own father either. Being the second youngest of many children, my father only, usually only interacted with me when I did something wrong, got punishment in the family. But other than that, we, we hardly talk. Uh, we don't, we didn't, well, even meal times, we didn't have meal times together. So it's very seldom that I would talk to my, my father. Uh, all, all my life, basically. So most of what I know about my father is from what others told me until quite at very end before he died. So if only not long before his death that I found out my father had at least three wives. He lived with two. I didn't even know that he got another one. And 19 children. And before I, I was born, the third wife already uh, brought two others of her children and left the family. So I have two other siblings somewhere. I oh my, don't know. I still don't know uh, where they are. But at, at that time, culturally, it was quite acceptable to, uh, for a man to have more than one wife, especially those who are rich, who are rich. And my father was the last generation for that to happen, thankfully. And uh, during the war, the, when Japanese came, uh, my father's wealth also wiped out. Uh, so, so after the war, we, before I was born, there was, so the family became quite poor from there. And, but I was quite thankful that we were poor. Otherwise, uh, with uh, two wives and seven, 17 children, eventually, you can imagine how sort of uh, politics that has been going on in the, such a family. And what sort of, uh, was, I'm not sure how it would turn out if we were rich. But because we were poor, so we, we were all required to, to work even from very young age. And there's no time to fight for positions or favors from the parents. You just have to work uh, to survive. Uh, and, and that's what actually held the whole family together despite having two, uh, two wives. Uh, and so I didn't know about my father until he became very sick uh, before he died. Bedridden for about seven years, 
And at that time, I was in Hamworth and just starting my own practice. It was quite busy, but I still got time. When I got time, I just went back to spend time with him, more so as a doctor more than, rather than a son, just look after him uh, once, went back one, once a year. And during the last couple of years when I went back, he started to, to talk. At that time, he lost his sight. He couldn't open his ears. He started to talk about his life a bit. And then I started to understand him a bit more. He told me, in particular, his regrets. I think he, he knew that he did many things wrong in his life. And he, he, there are many regrets. And I, I wish that at that time I, I knew about this Jacob story and tell him about that. Uh, I could quote verses of New Testament to him, but it's not much of a use, I thought, for him. Uh, he, to help him to see how, uh, how gracious God is. But it was only during that time that I started to, to know my father just before his death. And I'm thankful for that. So Jacob did not understand his father. Esau didn't understand his father. I didn't understand his father until quite late. Or it is because we are self-centered. I mean, our fathers were there to serve our purposes. So it's true that fathers are supposed to let, nurture us and provide for us. They serve us not because they are our servants, but because they are our fathers. And we are self-centered because we want to preserve our lives and we want to have dignity in our lives. So we are quite busy trying to get attention to ourselves. And so because we are so busy being getting attention for ourselves, we will not have time to, to look at others, or our parents, to see how they are, how, what they think, uh, what, uh, what, are, um, what, what they are going through. So even when I did look at my father, uh, I tend to interpret his motives or his thoughts with my own thoughts because how I think about things, I would, put, I would think that is what my father thinks. And that's how Esau was doing and Jacob was doing as well. So returning to Jacob's story, we know that Jacob is now traveling north 900 kilometers to the father, mother's uh, hometown in, in Haran. So I guess it will take him at least two months at those times to walk there. And leaving the comfort of his house for the first time, walking along in the wilderness, not knowing what was ahead of him, Jacob was anxious and confused as well. I would think he started to, what do you think in his, in his mind as he walked? I can think of a few questions like, why, why did my father suddenly become so kind to me? Did he think that I could not survive this journey? That's why he was kind. He's just sending me off and didn't think that he would see me ever again. Or thinking, or Jacob would think, why am I the one who, who, who needs to leave the security of my home? Didn't I get the blessing? Uh, why, why, why did this happen to me? Or have my father tricked me so as to send me away so that I do not get any share in the inheritance? So because he, he tricks people, so he will think that when things happen to him, he, other people were tricking him. So that is how we work in our mind. And he might be thinking that I hope I can find 
houses or places to spend my nights. I've never stepped outside of my house before. Or I wish that my brother Esau would be with me. He would know what to do. He could protect me. But my stupid brother is the only the one, the reason why I needed to run away from home. All this would be, I think, running through his, his mind. And he kept walking north. And there were, there were less and less houses along the way until there's no more house. And the sun was setting. The sky was getting darker and darker. So Jacob wanted to turn back, but he dared not. Because he, he, he just couldn't face uh, Esau. Not only now, even 20 years later, he still couldn't face Esau. So it's a very big threat uh, for him. Without any experience, Jacob did not find a safe place to spend the night until it's become too dark, become completely dark. He just didn't know any better. But I suppose he became too tired at that time to think much. He just wanted to, to lie down and sleep, pick up a stone and went to sleep in the open air. air. Genesis 28.11 tells us that the sun has set on Jacob. It's quite interesting in this verse because uh, we don't read about the sun rising again on Jacob for 20 years until Genesis, 30, in Genesis 32, 31. Chapter 32, verse 31. Then he says that the sun rose on him. So there's a gap of about 20 years uh, between these two verses. It seems to tell us that Jacob was living in the in some sort of darkness or struggling in his heart over these 20 years. Last week I said God's blessing does not usually come in comfort, but it always comes with peace. Why then, I would say, he would have this struggle in this time in, in Jacob after this night? Before this night, Jacob was living for himself. He, he depended on his own cavalers to get what he wanted. And during this night, he was going to encounter God. Before this night, God was like Santa Claus. He was there to grant wishes. God was not his God. Remember how he explained to Isaac last week why he could find an animal so quickly? He told Isaac, because the Lord, your God, granted me success. That God was Isaac's God, not his God. Jacob was too occupied with his own plan to care much about God. After Jacob encountered God, there began a change inside him. God did not choose Jacob because Jacob was a godly man. God chose him because God wants to make him a godly man. And that is the change that we'll be, we'll be seeing in Jacob. Jacob started to see God in his daily encounters or his daily uh, experiences. This gave him peace in his suffering. So he, he will suffer in the next 20 years. But as we he got a chance to go through it, when we recounted back, he said that it was because of God with him that he went through all those things. But at the same time, I think there will be struggles between, in his heart, a struggle between his will and God's will. And, and that's why the sun sort of setting and, and rising. It means that there's a new chapter happening in, in his life. The old has gone, the sun is set. The new is coming, but not yet. There is this 
period of time. And until he finally surrendered his heart to God in Genesis 32, 26. This is another story. Uh, that night, Jacob saw a vision in his dream. He saw a nether set up on the earth and the top reached to the heaven. He saw the angels of God ascending and descending on the ladder. He saw the Lord stood above it. God said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to, and to the east, to the north, and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Actually, in the, or in the Hebrews, the west, east, north, south, they are not strictly writing, written in those terms. So understood as those terms. It's more like your land will be from where the north, that is where you are coming from, from Haran to Negev, the south where there's wilderness, there's nobody. From the east is the Garden Eden, until the west is where the sea is. Uh, so it, it talks like that for maybe for Jacob to understand how vast, how big the, the land will be. It's huge, I promise. Uh, how did Jacob react when he woke up from the dream? Was he happy that God revealed himself? Not really. We see that Jacob was afraid. We see that throughout the Bible, after men rebel against God, whenever man, God revealed himself to someone, the response is always fear. For the first time in his life, Jacob had a glimpse of holiness. God was no longer like Santa Claus. God is the Lord, the master of all things. For the first time, he started to understand that the blessing he inherited or he cheated on was not something trivial or comfortable. He realized that God was in control of all things as he saw the angels traveling between heaven and, and earth. God is sending the angels and doing his, his, uh, his uh, plan, okay, his plan. This God was now formally giving him the promise of this blessing. We can ask, why, why didn't God give Jacob this blessing sooner? If God did, then Jacob would not need to deceive Isaac for this blessing. I guess it is because when we are full of ourselves, God will not speak to us. He will wait until we see our own helplessness. Was God being partial in choosing Jacob but not Esau? Last week, I said that we are partial people because we all have needs. We favor those who meet our needs. God is not partial in this way. God needs nothing. That's why you couldn't be partial. Partially also implies that we make life easier for those whom we favor. God was certainly not going to make Jacob's life easier, at least not for the next 20 years. Actually, it's not even until his death, I suppose. Uh, if, if uh, Jacob knew what was coming, I, I thought, I think he, he, he would gladly let Esau have the blessing instead. 
So God promised Jacob that he would be with Jacob and bring him back to his homeland. And this promise did give Jacob the strength to go on the long journey until he reached his uncle's place. So with God's presence, God, Jacob now had a much bigger purpose in his life. Initially, he wanted to get a blessing so that he could have a comfortable and secure life. Now he started to realize that God had appointed something much greater for, for his life uh, on, on earth, at least. He, God said, in him and his offspring shall all the families of the earth shall, uh, be blessed. Jacob did not understand how all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But now he, had, he treasured his life in a different way. He, he see things, start to see things differently. And there starts the hope within him to live for. He began to train his body and learn how to, to live outdoors as he traveled north. Day by day, he became stronger. We will see that at the, when he reached Haran, uh, how he became stronger. But today I want to talk about how God's blessing of Jacob leads to the families of the earth being blessed. So eventually God changed Jacob's name to Israel and to Jacob's 12 sons. God formed, formed the people of the nation of Israel. And through this nation, Jesus of Nazareth came to the world. And we can read this in, uh, if you want to turn to John chapter 1, it's John chapter 1, verses 45 to 51. I'll read to you. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to, to him, How do you know me? And then God changed his name to Israel. And now Jesus is saying, I tell you, you are a real Israelite, and in you there is no deceit. There is a change of nature. And in this uh, passage, we see that there are People like Nathaniel and Philip, they are still waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. There is uh, 1,800 years after God promised Abraham this blessing. And they were looking for these special people. And Nathaniel at first did not believe that that could uh, come from Jesus because Jesus is from Nazareth. Nazareth is a, a very insignificant, insignificant place. How can such a significant people come from such an significant place? So when a lot of people when they use the, the name Jesus of Nazareth, it, it basically it means that Jesus of nobody coming from nowhere. But then when Jesus revealed to Nathaniel that Jesus knew what was in Nathaniel's mind, Nathaniel changed his mind very quickly and and acknowledge Jesus to be the son of God and the king of Israel. But Jesus told Nathaniel, Nathaniel not to be impressed because of his supernatural power, but because of the fulfillment of Jacob's dream. So unless you know Jacob's dream, what Jesus told Nathaniel would not make much sense. I think because at least two reasons. One, 
for the angels to descend and ascend on, on the Son of Man or on Jesus, then either the angels are very tiny, then coming up and down, or Jesus was a giant uh, for that to happen. Secondly, it would be uh, nobody ever seen that happen physically. So that would have to be what Jesus was saying was uh, to do with Jacob's dream. You can say that if Jesus is, is God, he could certainly make himself a giant for the angels to come up and down on him. But you notice that Nathaniel addressed Jesus as the son of God, but Jesus addressed himself as the son of man. Jesus was telling Nathaniel that he came as a man. So it's, therefore, it's not likely that Jesus would use his power in that, in that way and make himself a giant. So that what we will understand what Jesus said about uh, God's, the angel of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man is that he would be the ladder. So in, in, in Jacob's dream, the ladder was set up from earth to heaven Angels were ascending and descending on the ladder, but God stayed above the ladder. Jacob was fearful enough seeing God in, distant, in a distance. If God came down in all his glory, I don't think Jacob could survive in God's presence. So how is, how is God going to, how is God coming to, to human? How is God coming to man? So he came to us in the person of Jesus. That's what we read in, in John. Um, if we can turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 11 tells us, Have this mind amount yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the form of a ser servant being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above all every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess, every tongue confess that Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So Philippians tells us that God emptied himself of his glory, came to us as a servant. He died on the cross. That was how Jesus became the ladder for us to return to God. The presence of angels in Jacob's dream tells us that God is in control of everything happening on earth, whether we believe in him or not. The angels also serve as a reference point for Jesus to tell us that he is that ladder. So Jesus was telling Nathaniel not to believe in him because of his supernatural power, but because of, of his death on the cross. Because there are many gods we could believe because they are supposed to give us or help us to be wealthy or healthy. But there's only one God who would die for our sins. Did Jacob understand God more after God spoke to him? Yes, in some way he did um, from his response and how he lived later, but in, in some ways he didn't. And he still was thinking, he was still uh, thinking God's thought with his own mind, because um, we are all slow to learn. Uh, we do not even understand our own parents well. How, 
how are we to understand God? And that was what Philippians 2.5 was saying. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's telling us that we will learn from the Lord Jesus Christ and not to focus on ourselves, empty, us, empty ourselves as well. If I keep thinking that I'm the most important person in the universe, I will never have a chance to understand anyone else. Jacob was still a bit full of himself in, the, in his response to God. Because when we have crooked minds, we tend to judge others with our own crooked minds. So in verse 20 of Genesis chapter 28, Jacob, then Jacob make a vow saying, if God will be with you and will keep me with, with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all that I, you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So what did God tell Jacob? I will be with you. And what was Jacob's response? If God will be with me, then I will do something for God. If you were God, what would you do to Jacob? I will strangle him and ask which of the, the words I will be with you, he did not understand. You think God is not like us. Otherwise, none of us will survive any encounter with God. We, we were so slow. God knew no, God know that. I think Jacob eventually did learn that he could not give God anything in exchange for God's favor. In that incident, God had to cripple Jacob to take away the last bit of his self-centeredness. It happened in chapter 32, just before the sun rose on him. Nevertheless, Jacob's response was more honorable than that of our generation. We live in the age of entitlement and duty of care. We tell everyone, including God, that they have the duty to care for us. It is true that we cannot do anything to exchange God's favor, but to do nothing in response to God's creating, providing, redeeming us is the ultimate self-centeredness. The blessing which Isaac gave Jacob is being, is being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. As Philippians 2 9, verses 9 to 11 tells us that, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every time confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So do you know who is in the center of the universe? Jesus Christ. Do you know who is in the mind, what is in the mind of God? To exalt Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is only in this offspring, Jesus Christ, this offspring of Abraham, that all the families of the earth will be blessed. There's no other way. The only way for God's blessing to come is through Jesus as a sacrificial name. And the reason came. The death on the cross proved to us that Jesus loved us. 
He did not die to trick us to worship a false god. He died to become the ladder to reconcile us with the true God, with the true God. In Jesus, we are free from the need to worship ourselves. When we know the God who is behind this blessing, we will start worshiping a being who is far greater than us, a God who is both great and good. Let us pray. Father God, we are amazed at the way you carry out your plan and are humble by your love to us. We want to worship you, the right. Thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.